to the latest in the Bova News podcast series. Today, we're excited to be joined by one of the more progressive and innovative producers in the country, Ken McCarty. Ken is a fourth generation dairy farmer from Northwest Kansas, where he owns and operates McCarty Family Farms alongside his three brothers. Um, McCarty Family Farms is made up of four dairy farms and an on-site evaporative milk condensing plant that supplies non-GMO project verified milk and cream to Danone, North America. Uh, The McCarty family most recently partnered with Van Tilburg Farms of Salina, Ohio to build MVP Dairy, which was named the 2020 IDFA Innovative Dairy of the Year. McCarty Family Farms and MVP Dairy are dairy care certified, non-GMO project verified, and participate in the farm program. Last year, MVP Dairy and McCarty Family Farms earned their B Corp certification, which is the most stringent social and environmental certification available. And we're very excited to have you on today. Welcome, Ken. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. So let's just start out. Your family's dairy has a long and interesting history. How is your family able to go from a small Pennsylvania dairy to where you are today? Ah, so that's a that's a, a century long or greater uh, greater story. You know, our our family's uh, beginnings in the dairy industry um, started in the early 1900s. My uh, my great grandfather Taylor McCarty. Uh, actually started our family's dairy in Sugar Run, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, pretty idyllic red barn on the side hill, cows out on pasture. Uh, my my grandfather Harold McCarty then took that or that dairy over in the uh, in the forties, and uh, my dad had a desire to come back um, and and continue farming. Um, for a variety of different reasons, he wasn't sure if that was going to be a possibility. So he actually became a teacher for a while uh, and worked on the dairy and uh, uh, and taught school. Uh, He and my mom were both teachers. And eventually um, he bought some ground from my grandfather about a mile up the road. Uh, And he and my mom moved there and built the dairy that my brothers and I were were born and raised on. And in the early 90s, uh, my mom and dad began to realize that given some of the constraints that were, were, were coming to light in Northeastern Pennsylvania, they felt it was going to be really challenging for uh, them to provide the opportunity for my brothers and I to, uh, to be able to come back if we so chose. They, they weren't pressuring us to do that, but they knew that if that was a, a reality that we wanted to pursue, that we, uh, uh, it was going to be extremely difficult for us to achieve that in Northeastern Pennsylvania. So, uh, much to their credit, they they began to look all over the United States, frankly, to uh, to try to find areas that, that would provide us the opportunity to to grow. Um, we looked into Western New York State, South Central Pennsylvania, uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas. Um, I think we were literally in every single county in the state of Kansas, and eventually settled here in in Northwest Kansas in Thomas County, um, and actually moved here in 1999 and began uh, McCarty Dairy in Rexford, Kansas in April of 2000. Uh, started out milking about 100 or 800 cows here. Um, and, you know, for perspective, we grew up on a 150 cow Highline Pipeline tie stall barn. Um, so there was a pretty steep learning curve, uh, particularly for my brothers, my two oldest brothers, uh, Mike and Clay, and my parents. Um, to adjust to you know a dairy of the of the scale that the McCarty dairy was, and for a variety of reasons, you know we've 
we've chosen to continue to try to grow uh, throughout the years. Um, uh, push the herd size there at the Rexford Dairy up to about 1,600 cows. Um, got approached by a, a local economic development, privately funded economic development group out of Cheyenne County in, in Bird City, Kansas. And they asked if, if my brothers and I'd be willing to build a dairy in their town. And, you know, we said, well, yeah, we'd love to, but uh, <laughs> it's not quite that simple. And anyway, through a pretty innovative relationship with them uh, and with our lender, uh, we were able to, to acquire the, the capital needed to, to build Bird City Dairy LLC. And we started milking about 1,800 cows there in 2007. Um, and at the time we were, we were traditional co-op members and we, we desired a different way, you know, uh, of selling our milk and of connecting with a brand or the consumer or uh, ultimately valorizing what we felt were, were best practices, things like animal welfare and environmental sustainability, uh, community engagement, uh, milk quality, things that, that we were passionate about, but, uh, knew that if we if we continue to ride uh, the highs and lows of what was an increasingly volatile volatile market, both on the milk marketing side, but also in, in other commodities, uh, we knew that it was going to be challenging for us to really achieve what we wanted to there. Um, and frankly, we knew that uh, our crystal ball was going to get cloudy at some point and we would we wouldn't be able to outguess the market. And that was going to put the the future of of our family and, and, you know, a hundred years of, of being in the dairy industry at risk. And we just, we didn't want to tolerate that risk. So we began to look for, for different ways of, of marketing our milk, had a couple different conversations with some, uh, some CPG companies, uh, and eventually had a conversation with, at the time it was, uh, Dan and yogurt. Uh, today they're, they're known as Dano North America. And, uh, they had a vision for mitigating some of the market volatility that, that they were experiencing, um, uh, mitigating that market volatility for us and, and being able to collaborate and work on, on things that we were passionate about, you know, the things that I listed before, animal welfare and environmental sustainability and milk quality and community engagement and, and those sort of things. And that led us to, uh, an aligned vision and eventually, uh, you know, a, a contractual arrangement with them. And in order to meet their needs, we we had to grow our our uh, our milking herd size. We actually doubled the herd size to about seven thousand wet cows um, by taking over a, a dairy that was vacant at the time in Scott City, Kansas. Uh, we expanded the Rexford Dairy. We expanded the Bird City Dairy, and we built the evaporative milk condensing plant right there on site at the Rexford Farm. All that happened really between about August of 2011 and um, our first load of, of condensed skim milk arrived at their, uh, uh, one of their yogurt uh, manufacturing facilities on April 1st of 2012. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's just fate or, or what, but a lot of our uh, anniversary dates land on April Fool's Day. So I don't know what that says about us, but it, it happens to be the case. And, uh, but, but since starting that relationship, uh, we've been able to increase our, our processing capacity in the, uh, in the processing plant. 
And it was always a bit of a push and a pull between the farms out producing the plant and the plant figuring out a way to handle our added volume and the plant creating capacity and the farms figuring out how to make more milk. And eventually we, there was a, a, a gap created large enough that we knew we needed to take on some sizable growth. So in July of 2014, uh, we, we took over a dairy uh, in Beaver City, Nebraska. Um, dairyman was, was looking to retire. It was within a, a reasonable freight distance from our plant and was, was sized uh, appropriately to, to fill our needs. Uh, so in July of 2014, we started milking approximately 1,500 cows there, pushed the total herd size up to about 8,500 wet cows. Ended up doing a few little tweaks to some of the farms uh, and added a few hundred more head uh, to Scott City and pushed the herd size to really about where we're at today in the West, which would be somewhere between 8,700 and 9,000 uh, wet cows in the line every day. And um, you know, we were still very aggressive at using sex semen and had a had a young stock population that was was positioning us to grow. Um, we wanted to kind of get outside of the center of the country. Um, we're halfway to everywhere and halfway to nowhere where we're where we're at today. And that's a great thing. But we also wanted to kind of get out of out of this particular milk shed and that led us to looking into West Central Ohio um, and looking at a dairy that was uh, vacant at the time. Um, and it's where we, we stumbled upon uh, a friendship and a relationship with uh, Matt Luke and Kyle Van Tilburg uh, of Van Tilburg Farms. And they had a desire to uh, add value to what was already some really innovative uh, in-field farming practices. Uh, they had a strong commitment to environmental sustainability. They wanted to create a closer connection to the consumer. Um, and that led us to the partnership that became MVP Dairy uh, in Salina, Ohio. And that started in November of 2018. And today we milk rate right at about 3,900 wet cows there. So that's, that's kind of led us to where we're at today. And, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a heck of a ride and a lot of fun. <laughs> well, you have this incredible story of, uh, and visionary, uh, approach to your business for sure. You take a very proactive approach to engaging with non-egg audiences. Can you give us some examples of some of the things that you're doing and talk about really what's motivated you to do it, why it's important to you? Yeah, sure. So, you know, um, we, we, we've always had a, a viewpoint that an open door policy is the best policy and that nobody's going to tell our story like, like we're going to tell our story. And, you know, we believe that there's a, a responsibility to, uh, to tell our story, not only for, for the sake of, of our own business and our own families, but also uh, for the sake of, of the dairy industry as a whole. You know, um, we, as dairymen across the country and across the world, hey, we've got a lot to be proud of. And, you know, we, 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 shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be afraid of, of telling our stories. And um, 
So we've we've always been very open and tried to be as progressive as possible in the West um, about opening the, the the doors of our farms and, and hosting tours, uh, you know, from anywhere to the 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 kindergarten, local kindergarten class, to the red hat ladies, to university groups, to animal rights activist groups, um, you know, to environmental uh, activist groups, you name it. Um, We've we've always been really open to to hosting whoever uh, that wants to come and see our farms and and hear about what we do and hopefully engage in, in a pretty open and honest dialogue. And when we when we started a, a talking about building MVP dairy with with Van Tilburg Brothers, we knew that that uh, that dairy, given its location and and given its scale, um, and given our our rather public relationship with the known North America, we knew we needed to elevate that that game to uh, or that commitment to the next level. And so, in in building that dairy, we also built what we call the Dairy Learning Center. Uh, basically it's a, a visitor slash educational, uh, center built right onto the front of the farm, um, gives, gives people just driving by or, you know, anybody who wants to the ability to learn more about, uh, my family, uh, and the history of my family and the Van Tilburg family and, and the history of them, uh, and what we try to do and achieve together from, from what we do in field to what we do on the farm to what Dannon does uh, in their factories and ultimately in order to achieve you know high quality uh, delicious yogurt products. But we've also tried to focus on, on more than just what we do. Uh, we've tried to focus on what what the dairy industry as a whole does, because, you know, as I mentioned before, hey, we've as 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 dairy farmers, we've got a boatload to be proud of. And we're as McCarty Family Farms or as MVP Dairy, we're just kind of a small, small cog in a big wheel. And we thought it was important that we highlight what the industry and what some of our, our key partners uh, are doing within the industry as well. You know, so. Uh, our ventilation partner, VES Artex, uh, has a presence in that learning center. Uh, Validus, who does a lot of our third-party animal welfare and uh, dairy care certifications, they have a presence there. Select Sires does, um, you know, uh, D. Laval does as well. We, we wanted to highlight more than just us. Uh, we wanted to highlight that you know, as a general rule, the, the dairy industry is a pretty, pretty awesome place to be. And, you know, obviously the past, past year with, with COVID and all that, things kind of got buggered up, but uh, our team in the, in the learning center has really been pretty, uh, pretty agile and trying to, to put together virtual tours and uh, ways in which people could remotely access our farm. Um, and, um, you know, hey, I think it's I think it's been a great thing for the community, but I, I know it's been a great thing for us. And beyond that, you know, we touched on earlier uh, our, our uh, ability to achieve a B Corp certification. And hey, that's not an easy an easy lift. But uh, that group, that community, that that family of, of B Corps around the world isn't typically ag based. And I think what's been 
really eye-opening for us is the the groups that we've been able to be connected to through that certification and the ability that we've had to be able to tell our story to uh, and the story of the dairy industry to non-ag based businesses and help them to understand that you know dairy uh, dairy farm in general can be a solution to uh, to climate change, to environmental degradation, that, that we can be part of the solution and that done the right way, we are not part of the problem. Um, but also we've been able to learn from, from groups that are really doing some innovative stuff and it's helped us to, to adopt policies or, or practices that, that I think are gonna make our business better, make our, our farms more sustainable and, and hopefully uh, help take all of our practices, both from a, a management point of view and from an, a, an engagement point of view to the next level. So let's talk a little bit about your B Corp certification. Would you advise that other dairies look at getting their B Corp certification? How much work does it take? Yeah, hey, I, I absolutely would. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's, it's not an easy task. Um, there's, there's a tremendous amount of paperwork and documentation. And, uh, you know, this isn't just a, a scouts honor type system, right? Like we have to verify what we're actually doing. Um, and, and from that regard, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely not going to be for everyone. Not everyone has the, uh, has the desire to be transparent, like, uh, what we've done. And, uh, you know, not everybody, frankly, has the, the, the capacity to. We've been super fortunate to, to build partnerships and relationships with groups that uh, have enabled us to, to be as transparent as we are. You know, already verification body called uh, eco practices or sustainable environmental consultants that do uh, environmental impact assessments for us annually. Um, we began working with them in, in 2016. And, uh, and and now they work with with not only us but a, a number of different groups throughout the country and in a lot of other farms uh, within the Dan and network. And having their reports has has really made this this B Corp certification much easier for us. Um, but again, it's it's been nothing but a positive experience for us, and we have learned a ton. Uh, not only about our business, but about ways in which we can improve our business uh, and improve our farms. And, and ultimately, uh, we've been connected to groups that have really opened our eyes to what's truly uh, achievable if, uh, if you have the right commitments and you have the right, uh, right ecosystem of, of partners and support structures uh, around you, you know, and we're, we're extremely blessed to, to have a great customer in Dino North America, but we're also extremely blessed to have just tremendous partners all along our supply chains, whether that be local farmer partners who have, have bought into our, our way of thinking in terms of uh, reducing our environmental impact of taking on challenges like becoming non-GMO project verified um, to, you know, uh, our, our rolling stock uh, companies, Caterpillar, John Deere, Case IH, 
groups like that, that when we've gone and said, hey, you know, we really want to be impactful on our emissions profiles. You know, we, we believe that we need to drive down our, our greenhouse gas emissions. They've, they've taken on that challenge and said, hey, we can help you with that. You know, uh, we can help you quantify it. We can, we can help try to push the limits of driving down those emissions. Um, to, to groups like Select Sires who uh, are, are committed to animal welfare just like we are. And it's all it, it changed the way we've thought about um, how we how we do business and who we want to do business with. And, you know, hey, if you're open to having your your ways of thinking challenged, uh, then absolutely you should be open to becoming a, a B Corp. You've mentioned a lot of things about environmental sustainability. Are you doing anything with carbon credits? Are you selling any? So we are currently not selling any. Um, we are, although we are doing a, a lot with carbon credits. And what I would say is the, the first thing that, that we're trying to do uh, in, the, in the world of carbon credits is uh, simply understand our impact. Um, so we, uh, in the West, uh, many, many years ago, uh, we actually conducted full life cycle assessments on the Bird City and the Rexford farm. And uh, at the time, we were not in uh, the Scott City Farms, so we conducted a, a theoretical assessment there. Uh, we've just recently completed uh, a full life cycle assessment uh, through the, the, the team at, at Sustainable Environmental Consultants and their Eco Practices platform. Uh, we conducted a full LCA at MVP and a follow-up LCA at Bird City. And then through... Uh, through our work with with Danone, uh, we actually participate in a, a, a more off the shelf platform called Cool Farm Tool that that measures our environmental impact uh, from a carbon perspective uh, annually. And so our first step is to try to quantify where we're at, then evaluate measures that we can take to drive down that carbon footprint, and. Uh, but eventually the goal is to achieve carbon neutrality uh, through adopting, you know, on-farm practices, uh, in-field practices, and eventually uh, likely through the purchase of offsets, whether that be through a, a traditional carbon market um, or perhaps directly from uh, local growers that, uh, uh, that we have access to their, uh, you know, their quote-unquote carbon supply chain. This year, your dairy was recognized as one of the sustainability award winners from the Innovation Center for U.S. Dairy. What has that meant to you mm-hmm. in your business? I mean, hey, you know, it's 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 always an honor to to receive recognition for uh, for those those sort of things, you know. But uh, I'd be lying if I I said that's why why we try to do those things. Um, you know, um, we, we we try to. We try to invest in sustainability. We try to commit to sustainability because, you know, our our family, our family, my great grandfather, um, you know, my grandfather, my dad, they they wouldn't have maintained a a viable business for for ultimately my brothers to be able, my brothers and I to be able to come back to if they. Uh, weren't subconsciously or consciously committed to sustainability. And, uh, 
you know, inherently those of us that are involved in agriculture, we, whether we, whether we want to scream it from the mountaintops or not, we are committed to sustainability. And, uh, we, we've tried to just put a more concrete and, uh, um, uh, exact structure around that commitment, um, through quantifying our, our impact, uh, and trying to drive that impact down. But, you know, frankly, we're, we're just trying to, to, to honor the legacy that was put out in front of us by, by generations past. And, uh, we, we've committed our lives to, uh, to having a business that's going to be here tomorrow, um, in, in 10 years from now. And there's no way that we can achieve that without, uh, trying to achieve high levels of environmental sustainability. And Hey, if the, the, the fifth generation of McCarty's chooses to come back. Uh, I, my brothers and I uh, want to leave them something that um, is is healthy and uh, is viable for the future. And I know, you know, I know that same commitment is shared by uh, by our partners at MVP, by the Van Tilburg brothers. So, yeah, I mean, it's it matters, right? And um, hey, we. Uh, we're, we're just hoping to be, be a positive impact there, you know, and what's, what's, what I think is the most powerful thing about uh, being honored through the innovation center or, or what have you is, uh, Hey, the plaque is cool. You know, the award ceremony is cool, but uh, being able to connect with people that are, uh, are committed to the same things and maybe looking at, at the world through a slightly different lens than how you are um, and being able to just be connected to them and, and, and learn from them is hands down the most powerful, uh, powerful piece of that, that entire uh, honor. So pretty, pretty proud mm, of that. Well said, Ken, and congratulations on that award. There's so much that you're involved with that obviously goes beyond just simple management aspects of milking cows every day. How have you made this vision and your obvious passion part of your corporate culture? Well, you know, um, hey, a lot of it, and especially as we've grown, uh, that that's become more and more of a challenge. Um, you know, it, it was... It was easier to get that message or that that passion um, or, or that that commitment or, or however you want to phrase it uh, across to your team members when you were when you were able to be right next to them breeding cows, milking cows, feeding cows, scraping pens, treating cows, you know that sort of stuff. Um, and as, as, as our business has grown, um, unfortunately, I spend way more time in front of a laptop than I would like to, um, you know, but the, it, it's made it that much more challenging to, to really kind of embed that message in, in the DNA of our team members and in the DNA of our, of our, of our, of our farms. And so what we've really tried to do is uh, we've tried to we, we've tried to create a, a little bit more engagement through things like, um, you know, on farm training. And when our when our team members start 
uh, day one, hey, they, they get embedded into a boatload of training that we hope sets the tone for the commitment to animal welfare, that we hope sets the tone for the commitment to having a, a safe uh, work environment. And, uh, you know, so it starts there, but then it, it, it carries on through having the conversation with our, our upper level and mid-level managers and making sure that they understand the vision and that they're communicating that vision to, to everyone else. And then you try to do the, the, the uh, kind of the quote unquote warm and fuzzy touch points, right? The, the monthly newsletter that highlights, hey, we did just achieve a B Corp certification. And why does that matter? You know, that's a, it's a big deal. And our hope is that uh, the milker that's just joined the team a month ago to the, to the guy that's been working along, uh, working alongside us for the past 20 plus years, understands what that means and why we why we're trying to achieve that and you know uh having a a social media presence that uh whether you know i necessarily understand it or not i it creates a lot of engagement and uh you know creating platforms like that that uh might be a little bit more appealing to the the 22 year old milker or maternity or breeder or whatever um uh, and trying to create that buy-in with them that that connects with them at the level that they want to be connected on uh, and helps them understand our story and what we're trying to do and uh, you know i i don't mean it to sound like we're we're totally removed from the farms every day because we're we're certainly not um but uh it as you grow, it does get more and more challenged and try to tell that story and, and uh, share that passion and that commitment. So we're trying to create engagement both internally and externally uh, on a variety of different levels. And, uh, you know, end of the day, you know, our dad, he, he, he always told us, hey, if you know, if you're going to ask a person to be a foot deep in manure, he used probably a different word than that. But if you're going to ask a person to be uh, a foot deep in manure, you you better be two feet deep. So that's, you know, that that's really the way we've uh, really the way we've tried to live uh, our work lives as, as owners and, and, and managers of our farms is that, you know, never ask a person on our farms, uh, to do something that, that we haven't done or aren't doing or, or willing to do. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that same mentality, not only from a work ethic point of view, uh, but we hope rings true from a, a safety point of view, an animal welfare point of view, uh, 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 an environmental sustainability point of view, from a community engagement point of view. You know, um, a lot of different ways we can we can attack that that challenge. But uh, it, it starts with uh, walking the walk, you know, and and showing the, the the guys and gals that you go to work with every day that. I don't just talk about this. I, you know, I try to live it too. And lastly, 
What's on the horizon for McCarty Family Farms? Oh, man. Uh, well, it seems like anymore that, that every day there's a different, completely, you know, black swan <laughs> challenge that gets thrown in front of, front of uh, all of us. But, uh, you know, I would say that uh, we want to continue to grow in the dairy industry. Uh, we want to continue to improve the environments uh, that, that, that we have on our farms uh, for our cows, for our team members. Uh, we want to continue to drive forward in, in uh, achieving higher and higher levels of environmental sustainability and community engagement. Um, so, hey, we're looking, uh, we're looking to take on some, some, some new dairy projects. Um, and, and we're looking forward to trying to, to achieve uh, in, a, in a locally impactful way, things like carbon neutrality. Um, given some of the supply chain interruptions that, that you're seeing here um, in, in the world of COVID, uh, we want to continue to try to develop a, a, a healthier, more connected supply chain and maybe a supply chain that, that we control more of. Um, you know, that's particularly important from a, from a feed supply point of view. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hey, just continue to try to get better every day is, is the, uh, the short answer to that question. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Ken. We appreciate it. You are a great example of the success that comes from continually challenging your way of thinking and you're always improving and pushing the envelope and finding opportunities. Uh, your passion for the dairy industry is, is quite obvious and contagious and you represent it well. So thank you for taking the time today. Well, that wraps up our Bova News podcast for today. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow Bova News on your favorite podcast subscription service. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on the various social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube page. And be sure to check out our website, bovanews.com, for more information and alerts to upcoming podcasts and webinars. This has been your host, Kim Bremer. From everyone here at Bova News, have a great day.